Oh, Eastgate Church, are we in love with Jesus today? Come on, let's stand to our feet one more time and let's give God a big shout of praise. Come on, he is worthy. He is worthy. Everyone watching at home, hey, give God a big shout where you are. We serve an awesome God. You guys can be seated if you can. Thank you so much for being here today. Everyone watching online, again, thank you for tuning in. If you would, remember to like and share the live stream and help us spread the word. And everyone in-house, too. Man, this is our thing here. Pull out your phone if you want to. Hop on the live stream and give it a like and share it so that we can get the word out there. Just watch the volume on your phone so we don't hear the service twice while we're in here. Um, man, are y'all excited? Yes. I am excited. Your pastor is on fire for Jesus. I'm telling you right now, I'm so excited about what God is doing in our church, through our church, and I'm more excited about what he is doing in my life and in your life individually. You know, I always say when God gets ready to do something through a church, he always does something in the people of the church in preparation for that. And I love the season that we're in. Uh, in our church, we are in week two of a series called 12 Stones. We are looking at the vision and the next steps for our church, okay? COVID kind of threw us a loop. I don't know if it messed with your life a little bit. Probably messed with my life some. It messed with the rhythm and flow of not just churches, but local businesses around the area, and everybody's kind of felt the impact of that. Well, it absolutely affected uh, the ministries of our church, too. We had to scale back on a lot of things and just do what was necessary and essential for a season. But I'm here to tell you that season is coming to an end. It is time for our church to kick it to another level and get busy doing what God has called us to do. I'm telling you. I'm excited. One person is excited. We and one person, we're going to knock it out, okay? All right, there's the rest of my church. Hey, are y'all awake? Terry, we might need to go get some coffee and just bring it in here and, like with a super soaker and just start spraying people down if we need you to wake y'all up today. Um, what happened at church? We got assaulted by coffee. I don't even know what was going on. <laughs> we'll wake you up. Hey, it's a lot to be excited about. We've got a lot to cover today. So we're going today um, to, to dive into this message. Last week, if you guys were here, we talked about the why behind what we're doing as a church and these next steps that we're doing because you have to understand why you're doing what you're doing. Uh, if you weren't here last week and you didn't get to listen in on that message, let me encourage you with all my heart to uh, go to our podcast or hop on Facebook and check through our live streams and, and either watch the service or listen to the message and get caught up on what's going on because every message we're doing in this series kind of builds on each other and if you missed out on the why if you're coming in and just finding out the what it's not going to quite have the punch behind it that it could have so i want to revisit just a little bit on the why behind what we're doing before we get into some of the what and how this morning can we do that are y'all ready so matthew chapter 28 Matthew 28, starting at verse 19. This is a big chunk of the reason why we talked about this last week. It says, therefore, go. Everybody say go. It says, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is a command that Jesus gave to the disciples in the early church to get up, to go out, to get busy, and reach people for him and let people know 
who he is, what he's done for them, and what he can do in their lives. It's called the Great Commission, and this is the reason why we do everything that we do as a church, to reach people for Jesus. Amen? It's to reach people for Jesus. Not to get together in a glorified country club, or not to get together and act like some kind of group of spiritual VIPs. We are called to reach this world for Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, I don't know if you've watched the news lately, our world needs a whole lot of Jesus. Our world needs a whole lot of Jesus. It's just one of those seasons where the world has just gone and lost its ever-loving mind. There's trouble all over the world again. But that shouldn't catch us by surprise because Jesus said there was going to be trouble in this world. But he also said he overcame this world. Amen? So there's a lot of unrest. We need to be in prayer for what's going on overseas. Uh, we need to be in prayer for what's happening in Afghanistan for those people. We need to be in prayer for what's happening specifically to the Christians in that region. They're being targeted, they're being hunted down, and they're being executed for nothing more than just saying Jesus is their Lord and Savior and refusing to deny that. Um, but that's nothing new either, to be honest with you. Uh, there have been more Christians martyred for their faith in the last 100 years than have been martyred for their faith in the entirety of history up until the last 100 years. Persecution is nothing new, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be praying for them. Um, our country still has a lot of issues. People need Jesus. People need Jesus. You are not going to solve heart issues by passing laws. You cannot fix a moral issue by passing a law. You have to deal with the heart. The gospel deals with the hearts of men, and Jesus brings about the change. If we want to see a change in our country, we need to get Jesus into the hearts of our people. And that's our responsibility. As a church, we talked about that, and we talked about um, what that looks like last week. We talked about being aggressive in doing what we do to reach as many people as we possibly can. And we said if we did that, that we wanted to be a church that reflected the core principles that we see in Scripture, what a church should look like. We talked about that last week. And we came up with four things we talked about that we wanted our church to be as we pursue what God is calling us to be. And the first one was to be a church that unchurched people can attend. Can I get an amen on that amen. this morning? We want to be a church that unchurched people can attend. We don't want to be a church that's full of religion. We don't want to be a church that glorifies opinion and preference. We want to be a church that's always outwardly minded in reaching people and bringing them into a relationship with Jesus. And we want to build everything that we do towards that. We want to be a church where no one walks alone. We want to be a church where no one walks alone. The Bible says that we shouldn't go through life on our own, that we're supposed to bear one another's burdens, that we're supposed to lift each other up in prayer, that we're supposed to encourage one another and spur one another, another on to, to works of service for the Lord. We're supposed to be there with each other. No one walks alone. And the third thing we said is we wanted to be a church where, and we talked a lot about this last week, where my ceiling becomes your floor. And not just me, but with you. We live our lives in such a way that we lift other people up on our shoulders spiritually so that their starting point, their starting point will be what we would call our ceiling. As far as we've been able to go up until that point, we want that to be their starting point so that our ceiling becomes their floor so that they can go further in their walk with God than we've ever gone in ours so that they don't have to reinvent the wheel or make the mistakes that we've made. The true heart of discipleship is us coming together 
us coming together and committing to the spiritual success of the brothers and sisters that are around us. And I think that's a key component in a church. And the fourth thing that we talked about was we wanted to be a church where the presence of God transforms lives. Listen, I'm here to tell you, without the presence of God, we might as well just pack up and go home. If we're not doing this under the anointing and doing this for Jesus, there's no reason for us to do what we're doing. But with his presence, I love it, all things are possible. We want to be a church that fosters the presence of God and watches him impact and change lives as we lift him up and glorify him in everything that we do. So if we're a church that unchurched people can attend and a church where no one walks alone and a church where our ceilings become floors to people and we're a church where the presence of God transforms life. That sounds like a pretty awesome church to me. That sounds like a church that reflects what the Bible says a church is supposed to be. That's a church that I'd be proud to attend. That's a church that I'd be proud to invite people to. And that's a church that I would be proud to be involved in. Because that's a church that's doing things the right way. Amen? Amen. All right, you guys are with me today. I love that. Um, so we're going to build on this why behind what we're doing and begin to talk about the what. Are you guys ready for this this morning? Say, Pastor Josh, Pastor Josh. drop it on me. All right, got your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. I'm going to start this discussion looking at the life of a guy in Scripture whose name was Abram. Later going to be Abraham, but where we're reading, he's called Abram. Abram or Abraham was a guy, um, powerful faith. He's a guy that's actually listed in what's called the Hall of Fame of Faith later on in, like, in the New Testament. Like he's one of the big daddy faith guys, you know. But the beautiful thing about him was that while he stepped out in tremendous faith and saw God do a lot of stuff in and through his life, he was still flawed. He still had some mistakes. He still got impatient, tried to do things on his own, and in a way kind of messed up God's original plan, you know. But he still had enough faith and... and uh, and a heart to get back on track and let God still use him to birth the nation of Israel through his descendants. Abraham's a key person in the history of Israel. He's a key person in the lineage of Jesus. He's a key person in God's plan for his kingdom on this earth. But he had issues. And before we go any further, I just want, to listen to, I just want you to listen to me for a second. Okay, we're going to be talking about things that we want to do as a church, and we're going to talk about things that we want God to do in and through us as people. And you might be like I used to be, where I would say, that stuff sounds awesome, but you don't know how messed up I am. The good news is God knows how messed up you are. He knows exactly how jacked up we all are. Look at the person next to you and say, hey, guess what? You're jacked up. Yeah, we're all jacked up. We've all got issues. Okay, here's the beauty Here's the beauty. When we look in the mirror and we see ourselves, what we see is weaknesses and what we see is faults and what we see is failures. God sees as opportunities to show himself mighty and powerful in our lives. And he's able to step in and insert his strength where we're weak to bring glory to his name. Those gaps are in your life to give glory to God. The gaps are in your life to give glory to God. So don't let what you think you might not have. I might not have the gifts or the talents. I might not have the finances. I might not have the availability. Listen, stop looking at what you don't have and look at what God has available and step out into who he's calling you to be and what he's calling you to do and trust him 
to put his strength where we're weak. Amen? So it, that, that's, that's powerful, right? We can just pack up and go home after that. That's powerful, right? That's 99% of most people's struggles. Hey, it's not about what you don't have. It's about what he can provide. It's about what he can do. It's about the doors that he can open. Because remember, all of this is to bring glory to his name, not build a platform or a stage for us, but to point people to Jesus. So Abram, uh, chilling out with his family, having a good life. And in verse 1, the Lord says to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. Man, this is just like God. The first recorded conversation that Abram has with God, God is challenging him out of the gates. Look, look at what he says here. He says, uh, leave your native country. You know what he's challenging you to do? I want you to leave the area of comfort in your life. Leave your native country. Leave what's familiar. Leave your relatives. Leave those key relationships that you've come to depend on because I'm going to take you to a place where I'm going to teach you to depend on me and not other people. Um, he says, leave your father's family. Wow. Native country, your relatives, leave your father's family. He says, I want you to leave your place of financial security. Because in those days, the family stayed together. And for him to leave his father's family means that he's to step out of the financial covering that's provided by the financial security of that family unit. God's saying, I want you to step out of all of that stuff and I want you to go somewhere and I'll tell you when you get there. He basically just said, Abram, I want you to leave everything that's familiar, comfortable, secure in your life and I just want you to start walking and I'll tell you when you get to where I want you to go. What an introduction to God. And Abram starts walking. He starts walking. It's crazy. It, it, it's, it's cool that he does this because this is just how he deals with us sometimes in our relationship with him and in our walk with him. You go through seasons where God says, hey, it's time to step out of what's familiar and what's comfortable and the things that give you security because I want you to learn to put your trust in me. I want you to get to the place where I am enough. If nobody else is there, it's enough that I'm there. And if you don't see A, B, and C working out, it's enough to know that I told you to start walking, and I'll tell you when you get where I'm leading you to go. He, he wants to get us to a place in our walk where we are dependent on him first and foremost. And, and so we start with steps, and one step at a time. Like if I were to ask you right now, everybody in here, to rate your relationship with God, on a scale to 1 to 10, on how strong you thought it was, right now, everybody pause for a second and just do this mentally. Where would you put yourself, where would you put your walk with God on a scale of 1 to 10? 1 being, boy, I need a whole lot of work. 10 being, I high-five Jesus this morning and ate Cheerios with him. You know, something like that. Um, where would you put it? And I'll tell you this, as a pastor, I don't really care. And I'll be honest with you, in the big scheme of things, God really isn't that interested in it either. What he's interested in is the next step that we're going to take. He wants to know if we're willing to take the next step 
and following him to take the next step in growing our relationship with him. You hear, you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not saying your relationship with God isn't important. I'm not saying where it lands on that scale of 1 to 10 isn't in general important. But in the big picture, God doesn't want you to stay where you are. He's more concerned about you following him and taking that next step and who he's leading you to be and where he's leading you to go. And just like he does that in our individual lives, he does that corporately as a church too. Churches will go through seasons where God says, hey, it's time to take the next step. It's time to move forward and follow my voice. It's time to step out and leave what's familiar, to leave what's comfortable, and to leave what's secure, and to follow me in almost blind faith just on my word, and I'll tell you when you get where I want you to be. Those are fun seasons, aren't they? Whew, thank you, Jesus. It makes for great preaching. I've walked that walk, and I'm telling you, whoo, man, it takes some, some grown-up uh, faith to step out like that and trust God. But here's what I've learned. Never, not once, has he ever failed to keep his word. Never, not once. Listen, listen, Eastgate, listen. We're the church that was homeless, okay? Was homeless, and we found a place to rent, but we needed $18,000 to raise to be able to renovate the place that we wanted to move into on Fairburn Road and rent it. A broke homeless church stepped up in faith, and we saw God bring in $18,000 for us to renovate the place on Fairburn Road. Okay, this is the church that on Fairburn Road said, we don't have a place for our children to do what they need to do. We need a new facility, not just to rent, but to call our own. We had no money, but we had faith. Amen? We had faith. I shared this with you last week, and we stepped up, and we trusted God, and we did what he said, and we saw $60,000 come in for us to be able to put the down payment on this building and renovate it so that we could be having church today in this place. This is the God that we serve. He's the God of impossible. He's the God of possibilities. He's the God that says, if you will step out and trust me, I will never fail you. I will always Keep my word to you. This is a church that took another step after we got into this building and said we don't just want to get here and miss out on everything God could do in and through us. We had this facility. Let's do something awesome for the kingdom of God. And we started the 12 Stone Vision Fund so that we could be more aggressive in outreach and reach our community. And we saw thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars come into that so that we could launch an internet ministry, so that we could launch an online outreach where we're praying for people and meeting needs there. We, we were able to do everything we needed to do through the storm of COVID because people of God listened and did what God asked us to do. This church is a church of faith. This church is a church that has seen God do powerful stuff. I could give a microphone to each one of you and let you come up here and talk about the faithfulness of God in your life, and that could be the service for today. Because he's been faithful. Am I telling the truth? He's faithful to do what he said he would do. But we have to step out and follow him. And your leadership and I and staff and I and the board and I and volunteers and um, low-level leaders in the church have all prayed and we're all in agreement that these are the next steps that we feel like God is calling us to do. You know, this isn't something that I dreamed about last week and said, I better preach on this the next couple of weeks. This is been really a 10-month process of preparation and a six-month process of real planning and laying the, um, the pieces in place to be able to launch into what we're doing as a church. So very excited about it. So what we're going to be doing, 
over the next couple of months, we're going to be launching and relaunching several ministries in this church. And I'm excited about it. Uh, the first one I want to talk to you about is women's ministry. Women's ministry, this is the big one. Pastor Rachel was kind of talking up the women of valor in, in the Bible study that we're going to have. That's just part of it. Listen, ladies, how many of you are excited about the women of valor Bible study? Yeah, oh, that's almost 100% in here. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome, but it's not just that. We're also going to have some events and some fun stuff to do along the way, too. So the women's ministry isn't just for people that love Bible studies. It's for people that like to have fun, too, okay? We're going to let the ladies connect and do lady stuff. I don't know what you ladies do, but y'all seem to have a whole lot of fun doing it. I'm a dude, so I don't get to come in and party with you, and that's all right. But it's going to be awesome to see what God does in and through that ministry as it's launching. Um, so don't miss the... Uh, the information meeting that's coming up and be on the lookout for a lot of ministry events for our women's ministry. Y'all excited about that? Here's another one that I am just geeked out excited about. We are relaunching the men's ministry here in our church. Yeah. Yeah. All the men in the house, can I hear you go, I'm so excited about this. Listen, as the men of the church go, so the church goes. And as the church goes, so the culture goes. And as the culture goes, so the nation goes. Men's ministry is one of the most important ministries a church can have. Man, and listen, guys, we're going to have fun. We're going to have fun. I've already been meeting with the launch team and planning the, beginning to plan the, the first event and putting together the vision for the men's ministry and what we want it to look like and what it's going to be like. This is going to be totally awesome. Listen, um, it's not going to be your daddy or your granddaddy's men's ministry. I can tell you that. Listen, those were great for their time. Listen, we're going to do some awesome stuff as a men's ministry. I know this is going to sound just insane to you, but what if a men's ministry did events that men wanted to show up to? How awesome would that be? So um, we've got our first men's event. Listen, guys, just put it in pencil on your calendar the end of September the end of September. We're still looking to nail down the day, whether it's going to be a Saturday or a Sunday evening. We're, we're looking to, to nail that down. That's going to be our first men's event here at the church. And listen, you better be ready. You be ready to eat some meat, to watch some football, to play some cards, to play some video games, to throw some axes, to throw... I mean, it's going to be an awesome time for the men to just have a blast. And um, if you're interested and being a part of the launch team for men's ministry. Listen, you got an open door and an open invitation to be a part of that. Okay, our next meeting is going to be September 1st at 6 o'clock. I know, that's on the first Wednesday. 6 o'clock, we're going to meet for an hour and then come in here and enjoy first Wednesday. But if you want to be a part of that early launch team planning, September 1st, be here, come talk to me. Uh, and we'll get you started with that. We want as many people to be involved in that as you can. Amen? We don't want just a small group of guys having fun. We want to create a brotherhood of men who are making a difference, not just in the church, but in the community for the kingdom of God. That sounds awesome to me. How about you? Okay, so men's ministry is on the way. Another ministry that we're relaunching in this season is our student ministry here at Eastgate Church. I'm way excited about this. COVID kind of beat us up a little bit, and we had to, to, to just put pause on a lot of ministries just because we weren't able to get together as much. 
Student ministry was one of those. We are starting it back up, and we've got some awesome events on the calendar. So if you're a student and you're in here, listen, be ready for fun. If you're a parent and you're, in, and you're here, listen, I need your help, okay? Student ministry doesn't work unless the parents get involved with the student ministry, okay? Um, we need you, parents. We need you to get your students to the student events. And I get it. It, it. It's inconvenient sometimes. And I know you may want to just sit on the couch and unplug after a hard day's work instead of getting in the car and bringing your student to uh, a student event. I get that. But you're going to be inconvenienced by your kids one way or another. Okay? Can I get an amen on that? Okay? You can either be a little inconvenienced in bringing them to a student event and give them an opportunity to get closer to God in their relationship with Him and to give an opportunity for Jesus to get inside their hearts and to deal with all of the confusion and the hurt and the rebellion and the identity issues and all of the pressure and peer pressure that the students deal with today that's at an insane level. You're going to be inconvenienced by that just a little bit to give them an opportunity to change it. You're going to be inconvenienced later on in life when your daughter looks at you and says she's pregnant. You're going to be inconvenienced in life when your son looks at you and you see the cuts on his arms. Okay? You're going to be inconvenienced by taking them to counseling because they're depressed. You're going to be inconvenienced by trips to the ER when they OD. Okay? You're going to be inconvenienced by trips to bail them out when they get locked up for doing stupid stuff. Wouldn't you rather be inconvenienced a little bit and pointing them in the right direction so that they can get some Jesus? Come on, parents. We can do better. We can do better. We can do better and get our students to the student ministry. Uh, hey, I got some uh, big news for you. We have a new student ministry director, too, in the church, and her name is Sharina Varney. She's going to do a phenomenal job. She's going to do a phenomenal job. She's got a tattoo on her shoulder. Yeah, Jesus is going to show up with a tattoo on his thigh, so deal with that, Jack. Explain that one to me in Scripture. This woman has got a heart for your students. She's got a heart to do it, and she's been working with me and the directional team for the last 10 months, and I've been able to pour into her and help develop her leadership skills, and she has just grown tremendously um, in, in growing into a leader and helping co-lead the worship. Isn't our worship team doing a phenomenal job leading us into the presence of God? So, uh, Sharina felt a heavy burden put on her heart for students at youth camp this year when she took a group of our youth there. So she's going to step into that ministry and help direct and lead it put together some phenomenal ministry stuff for your students. So parents, she's going to be contacting you because she wants to work with you to help your kids get close to Jesus. Okay? So that's what it's all about. So student ministry is on its way. I love this. Um, another something that's going on, we talked about First Wednesdays. I'm excited about First Wednesday starting back up in our church. I know we've been announcing it the last couple of weeks, and so it doesn't quite have the pop and the fizz, but I know what God's going to do with this. This is not just going to be another night for us to ho-hum our way through a service. This is going to be a powerful gathering for us on the first Wednesday of every month. We're going to come in here, and we're going to have some worship. We're going to have just a quick little devotion, probably steering what God is wanting to do that evening and the people that will be there. 
We're going to have a serious time of prayer for our church and for us corporately. We're going to pray for each other. I believe First Wednesday is going to be the place where we see God do the miraculous in this church. I believe we're going to see people healed. I believe we're going to see people delivered. I believe we're going to see God do miracles on this night because it's all going to be about getting into his presence, getting close to him, and letting him do what he wants to do in our lives. Man, and if we're going to be successful in doing what God's calling us to do with some of these ministries, listen, we need to cover it with as much prayer as we possibly can. Amen? I don't know. I mean, do you think you're going to need some prayer in your life when the devil starts to pick on you? I guarantee you. So we need to pray for one another. And I believe that First Wednesday is not just going to be a great gathering night for us to be strengthened as a church. I believe that it's going to be a powerful outreach for the community because when people start getting healed and the word gets out, you don't think the sick and the hurting are going to show up where they know God is healing and restoring people? Hey, I want to be that kind of church. I want to be that kind of church and see the presence of God transform life. So first Wednesday is another big one. So let me go back over this again. Uh, men's ministry kicking back off. Men's ministry kicking back off. Student ministry uh, relaunching with a new leader, and it's going to be awesome. First Wednesday's kicking off in just a couple of weeks. Since we're talking about prayer, I want to encourage everybody in here to, to not forget that Sunday morning we have prayer every week in the sanctuary before service at 9.30. I know that's a little early to get up, but if you're here and you're a prayer warrior, Hey, I want to give you an open invitation to join us on Sunday mornings. And if you just want to show up early and and pray a little bit, maybe get some prayer, show up on Sunday mornings at 930 and pray with us over the services. What God does in these services, he does in response to the prayer that's been prayed for the service. Amen? God moves in response to prayer. So as we become a praying church, we will see God move in proportion to the depth of our relationship with him. So the more we pray, the more we see you move. So I want to challenge you, show up Sunday mornings and pray. It's another great opportunity to see God move. Everybody say, give me more, Pastor Josh. All right, here's something that's very close to my heart. Um, Leadership Roundtables. Leadership Roundtables is another ministry we're launching in this season from our church. Um, We know God is giving us, we know, in two years platform to be able to pastor pastors and minister to those who are going to minister Um, and we're going to be able to help people launch churches and come alongside um, revitalization projects and just help young pastors not have to reinvent the wheel as they grow in their ministry Um, part of the network that we're in not really a network but the family that we're in right now called the father initiative or 415 leadership network Um, we're Kelly and I are involved in that, and we're getting trained for the next two years. We're getting poured into so that in two years we can turn around and pour into other churches. I did a whole lot better job explaining this last week, but you guys understand what I'm saying. Man, it's a great opportunity and platform for us to um, invest in and see the reach of our church increase exponentially. Because every person that these churches reach, you realize our fingers will be on it. And we'll be pointing to God and giving him all the glory for it. I don't think you have to wait for two years to start doing what you know God wants you to do. So 
a big part of my heart is to invest in leaders. A big part of my heart is to help see leaders and pastors be discipled and developed so that they can be better at what they're doing. A better pastor means more people reach for the kingdom of God. And so what I want to do is create leadership roundtables that we'll host here at the church for our leaders in our church, for our second-tier leaders in the church, for staff, um, really for anyone who wants to show up to it. Listen, you have an open invitation to show up to these. If you're a business owner or an entrepreneur or just someone who wants to become a better manager at work or increase your skill set so that you can um, excel in what you do professionally, this is the kind of stuff we're going to be talking about. It'll be next-level leadership skills to help you become better at what you're doing. So we're going to open that up so that we can grow our leaders from the inside so that they're ready in two years to take the step that we're going to take corporately as a church and ministering to other churches. We're also opening this up to the community, to pastors in the area who want further leadership training and to get better at what they're doing. And we're already seeing pastors respond to it. We've got a handful of pastors that have already signed up and want to be a part of this. It's going to be awesome to see what God is going to do in and through this. Guys, we are going to be training and developing leaders, not just in this church, but in this community, starting in just a few weeks. That's big news to me. It's big news to me, okay? Um, so, September 11th, you can write this down, September 11th, it's a Saturday. We're going to get together Saturday morning, September 11th, for the first roundtable. Um, we're going to do it at 10 o'clock in the morning. We're going to serve breakfast, brunch, whatever you want to call it. And we're just going to figure out how we can grow and become the best leader that we can possibly be for the kingdom of God how to be the best, sharpest business person we can be for the kingdom of God. It's where you want to be, okay? And we're going to do these every six to eight weeks ongoing, and we're going to invest in this community in a new and in a different way. What an opportunity that is, amen? What an opportunity. So uh, make sure that you jump in on that. Now, we talked about launching ministries and different things that we can do. So far, it's pretty cool, huh? Pretty cool. It's a whole lot better than just meeting on a Sunday morning, having some practice during the week, you know, not that that was a bad format, but I'm ready to do more. I'm ready to do more. Um, and there's no way you can talk about increasing what you do as a church without talking about outreaches. Outreaches. Everybody say outreach. Listen, in-reach is cool, but outreach is where it's at because that's how we accomplish the Great Commission. Okay, And all the ministries that I just mentioned that we're launching and relaunching and all the existing ministries that we have here at the church. It's very important for you to know this. This is my heart. I don't want us to have a ministry in this church that does not have some form of outreach connected to it because we're supposed to be reaching the lost. I want our children's ministry to have some kind of outreach connected to it. Um, I want our worship team outreach. I want what happens in the men's ministry to have an outreach, women's ministry. Everything we do, even in the leadership stuff, an outreach connected to it so that we can reach people for Jesus. It's important because if we don't model the ministries after the model Jesus gave us, we're in trouble. We want to be outreach focused. And it's big uh, because it was a big part of Jesus' heart in Luke 19. Luke 19 verse 10, <laughs> this is Jesus Saying this, he says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who were lost. 
If Jesus had a mission statement, that would be it. I came to seek and save those who were lost. That should be the heartbeat of our church, to seek and save those who were lost by introducing them to Jesus. Amen? That should be the heartbeat, not just through the ministries that we do, but individually in how we live our lives to reach out to others, to lead them into a relationship with Jesus. The natural tendency for a church, if left unchecked, is going to be for that church to become inwardly focused. All right. I know this is a different kind of service because I'm not preaching, preaching today. I'm being more of a leader today. And I'm telling you the direction of our church. And that's okay, too. Part of being a pastor is leading through stuff like this. Okay, So if you're a guest here today, don't let this throw you off. This should excite you that there's actually a church that's taking time to talk about what they can do to reach the community for Jesus. Okay, um, What was I even saying? What did I say? Inwardly focused. All right. So you don't want to be inwardly focused. We want to be outwardly focused. That takes discipline. Okay? Even for me, if I'm not careful, I'll get focused on me and what's happening in here, and I'll lose sight of the big picture. I have to keep myself in check. So we've got to keep ourselves in check as a church. And the best way to do that is to put stuff on the calendar to get us reaching out to the community, and that's going to happen um, in small, high-impact outreaches that we're going to do. And it's going to happen through large outreaches like a fall festival. You do realize October 31st lands on a Sunday this year. How awesome would it be if on the Devil's Day, good old Halloween, Hallow's Eve, we as a church said, whatever, devil, get out of our way. We're going to turn this place into an awesome outreach where we invite the community to come in. And we have stuff they want to show up and play with, okay? So we've got the bounce houses for the kids. We've got the slides for maybe the kids and the grown-up kids, too, to play on. Um, I'm not saying the last time we had a bounce house that I didn't see grown-ups in there jumping around and having fun, but you know what I mean. So what if we had all of this stuff set up and we, and we, we fed them you know, hot dogs and corn dogs and, and stuff and we gave them cotton candy and popcorn and we had all these games for them to play and all these inflatable things for the kids to jump on and we had music playing and we were doing giveaways for people in the community at different times during the night and we just made this big thing and here's the deal. What if we did all of that and we did it for free for the community just to show them that we love them as a church. How awesome would that be? What if we did that in somewhere, somewhere on campus, we have a canopy set up with a big banner that says, how can we pray for you? And in the middle of all the fun that's going on, we've got a place for people to receive prayer and ministry through the night if they want it. Okay? Now, that sounds awesome. That's going, to, that's going to be so much fun when we do it. But here's the plan, okay? Everything, every, you've got to have a plan for everything. Vision's great, but vision without a plan is what? It's just an idea, okay? We don't need more ideas. We need action as a church. So, and, and what we're doing with these outreaches, we have these small, high-impact outreaches. Like, what if, what if, you know how the Shriners are just taking over four-way stops? Yes. You know, and you pull up, and they got the hat on, and they give you this look. They want you to put the money in the bucket. You know, what if, a couple of times, we just took over their territory in love and hijacked some of these corners? And as a church, we didn't ask for money, but we gave away stuff to the community. 
So when they're coming home from work, we're there with the four-way stop with a small army of people holding up signs saying, hey, free gifts from Eastgate Church. We love you at Eastgate. They pull up to the four-way stop. Somebody's there to give them a little gift bag and say, hey, God bless you. And in that gift bag, we could put uh, cookies. We could put snacks. We could put a bottle of water. We could put a card in there, maybe. This is, hey, we love you. Just want to let you know there's a church in this community that's thinking about you. If there's anything we can do to pray for you, go to this link right here. We'll pray for you. Hope to see you soon. Something like that. Something like that. Okay. Small, small high-impact stuff. Listen, we do this on the front end to let people in the community know about us and to let them feel loved so that the smaller outreaches we do lead to the larger fall festival that we're going to do. So when the people in the community see us advertising this fall festival, they're going to say, oh my gosh, that's the church that gave me the free stuff. That's the church that prayed for me. That's the church that didn't want money. They just wanted to bless me. I'm going to go to the fall festival and we'll reach more people that way. And then after the fall festival, we'll have some more small outreaches after we've met all these people in our community and we prayed for people and they know that Eastgate Church is the church that loves them. And we have some more smaller events that lead to our Christmas services here at the church. Okay? And then the community that's seen the church open up the doors and love on them and give them the free stuff, see them inviting them to Christmas. They show up. We're able to reach more people that way because one event builds on the other and it snowballs. And I guarantee you our altars for Christmas will be packed full of people from our community because we took the time to be strategic and show love for the months leading up to it. Does that sound like a cool plan? So that's what we want to do. That's what we want to do. Not just have outreaches, but give outreaches a purpose. And, and maybe your heart is to be a part of something like that. Hey, come talk to me. And we'll figure out how you can uh, get involved and serve in those areas of ministry. It's a ton of stuff. ton of stuff going on. Um, Y'all want some more? So we talked about the ministries that are launching. We're talking about the outreaches that we're getting ready to do, really starting some of them up in just a few weeks, building up to uh, the 31st. I want to talk to you about some things that we can do in our ministries here also because some of our ministries here need a little bit of an upgrade, okay? Need a little bit of an upgrade. We've got a great facility, but it could use a little bit of a facelift in some areas too. Listen, this facility is a tool that God has given us to reach people. Amen? It's not a building. It's a tool. And the ministries that we have here aren't just ministries. They're tools to reach people. So we should resource them and give them what they need. And here's just some ideas um, on some things that we could do to help our next generation ministries be more effective in what they're doing. I've got some photos that, uh, that I want to show you. We can just start rolling those, CJ. What if, hold on for just a second. What if, y'all know our little... Uh, four- and five-year-old classroom that's over here on the side of the building. Just like if you go to the nursery and you keep walking, you're going to walk into a classroom. What if we transform that classroom to not look like it looks now, but to look like something like this, where we give it a, like a treehouse, clubhouse theme so when these little kids walk into this room, it becomes something awesome that they want to play in and come to and invite their friends to. 
that would be amazing. We'd love to do an upgrade like this. So in our planning for what we want to do in this next phase, okay? So if we were going to put a name on this, I would call this phase two of what we're doing in our 12-stone vision. Okay, this would be phase two, part A, everything we're talking about today. What if we made the room look like this? What if in our, um, the larger next generation room that you know, we have meetings in and the kids are meeting in today right now, what if we started to do some things like this? Uh, go to the next picture. What if, what if we invested in some cool signs and some cool looks? And I'm not saying it would say first kids. These are just pictures to give you like an idea of what we're going for. What if we bought a new lighting system to put up in the kids' room and the next-gen room so we could have better lighting for meetings, better lighting for student functions, better lighting for kid functions. And show us the next picture. Um, give them cool looks like this. Or to give them a really cool look like this next photo here. You know, we have kids leading praise and worship for kids this morning over in E-Kids. How awesome is that? And next Sunday, we're going to have kids in here helping to lead worship for us in the service next week, too. Um, what if we had just a sharp lighting system and stage set up for our next generation to use? And what if we, if you go in there, you're going to see like these really big stage blocks in there that we inherited when we moved into this building that were okay for the season. But what if we gave our kids a proper stage? What if we put something a little more professional, something that looked a little more sharp, something that really speaks to the kind of church that we are and what we're becoming, and we gave a look that's similar to that. See, our, our e-kids and our student ministry, they need lighting in that building or that room over there. They need uh, a cooler look than what they have. Why? Because it's a tool to reach people for Jesus. Um, they need a new computer back there to be able to uh, do the presentations and, and all the pro presenter stuff more effectively. They need to upgrade in that. There's a lot of upgrades we could do for our next generation ministries here at the church. This is looking kind of cool. Yeah. Wouldn't you like to go to a student ministry that had this kind of stuff going on? No? No? Oh, heck yeah, I would. I guarantee you. Um, go to the next picture. This is some other stuff we're thinking about doing. What if... And part of that hallway going to the nursery area in our church. I know if you're a guest, I'm saying things that you don't know where the stuff is. But imagine you had a hallway leading to a nursery area in a church that was decorated like that. Yeah. It was just kid-friendly and their little imaginations just ex would explode when they saw it. I look at it and I want to go play. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. Um, and here's some other photos. These are just things that we could do. Um, you can buy these wraps to put on walls to create these scenes, and they're just absolutely amazing. Go ahead and show the next one. Wouldn't it be awesome to see something like that in our kids' classroom areas, our nursery area? That's what we want to do. We want to upgrade our look and get this building looking like the kind of church that we are. Because right now, it looks like we, how we moved into it. We want to upgrade it a little bit as part of what we're doing. Um, is that all for the next-gen stuff? So not only upgrading our next-gen ministries, um, but we need to do some building upgrades and some maintenance stuff here in the building too to make it look a little bit more purtier than it is. 
Everybody say more purtier. See, you can speak Southern. That's good. All right, so here's some building upgrades and stuff. What if when you walked up to our church and you were fixing to go in on a Sunday morning, you saw something like this waiting on you? On our door, it just said, welcome. Welcome to Eastgate. Welcome. We're glad you're here. Does that not look awesome? Man, that looks sharp. That just looks so cool. What if we did that on our front doors? And just, it, would just, it would just set off our entrance area and more importantly, help make our guests feel welcome. Because they're already making decisions about our church when they pull in the parking lot. Okay? And what we want to do is take away every excuse the devil is going to give them to not come back here. And we want to take away every distraction and every excuse the devil is going to try to give them to not let Jesus do what he wants to do in their hearts. And so what we do is using the building as a tool to disarm that is very important. So here's something that we could do. Here's something else. Like our big heart here at the church is when people come here, we want to make sure that they feel like they're at home. We want them to feel welcome. Okay, we want them to feel like they're part of the family because they are. And we were thinking when you walk into our foyer, you don't get that vibe because we don't have a lot going on. You see smiling faces, which at the end of the day is more important. I think, but what if our entryway looked a little something like this? Show the next picture. So you walk in, and you just got welcome on the wall, and it doesn't have to be worded like this. Again, this is just a picture to give you an idea. The wording may be different, but what if it says, welcome home, and then it says Eastgate Church underneath it? So when you walk in the foyer, you go through those doors, you see the smiling faces, and the first thing you see on the wall when you walk in is welcome home. How awesome. How awesome would that be? It'd be awesome to me. I would love that. It communicates a lot. And so these are some little upgrades we'd like to do in the building. And you know when you buy a new house, you get into the house and you say, yes, I'm in a new house. But ladies, what's the first thing you're going to want to do to that house? Oh, you're going to decorate and paint the snot out of it and make it look like just what you saw in that magazine, right? It's got to be Pinterest worthy. Uh, It's got to look good. And, but what we want to do is we want this building to look better than what it is now. Not that there's anything wrong with what we've got, but we're in a house that needs some decoration. We're in a house that needs some personality added to it. And so what if we did something like this? This long hallway over here that goes forever or in strategic places in our church. What if we turned it into a place to bring focus to the mission of our church? This is just one idea, um, and we've got stuff framed up that says what we're all about, maybe some key scripture verses about who we are as a church, you know. Uh, we're a church that unchurched people can attend, where no one walks alone, that um, my ceiling becomes your floor, where the presence of God transforms lives. We have something like that on the walls, put together sharp to look like that. What if uh, in key places in the church we did something like this, where we do put some scripture verses that are important to us, or we put some amazing quotes uh, on the wall to inspire people as they walk through this building. They don't just get preached to in here, but they see our message all over the building, pointing them to Jesus. How awesome would that be? That'd be amazing. Um, We can do some things like this in the building also. You can go to the next one. That's it. You don't have a small... Kids ministry thing? 
Okay. Well, we can do that wording like in our kids' ministry areas too, you know. Um, what if in the nursery we had a little little something with some vinyl letters that said, I don't know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine or something like that. You know, just just to just to ingrain who we are as a church and to make the building look a little bit better. Make it look a little bit more like the church that we are. How does that sound? Yeah. Sounds amazing. That's what we want to do. So listen, I just threw a ton of stuff at you. Ton of stuff at you. The what the what we're doing as a church. Launching a lot of ministries, launching a lot of outreaches, upgrading and improving what you see here so that this church looks like, I'll say it again, the kind of church that we actually are because it's a tool to reach people for Jesus. How many of you would want to be on board with this season of our church? This is, not, this is absolutely exciting to me to be able to do this. It's absolutely exciting. Okay, Listen, in a season where um, one-third of churchgoers are not going to church anymore, walked away completely, in a season where at one point over 6,000 churches a month were closing, because of COVID, okay? On the back end of COVID, it's predicted that another one in five churches will close their doors because they're slowly going to bleed out because of the effect of COVID financially on them and the complacency of the people that go to that church. They just disengaged. In a season like that, listen, our God is pouring vision and passion and purpose into us, and we are kicking it up to another level as a church. That is worthy of giving God praise for right there. I'm telling you. I love it. So, like I said, a vision needs a plan, or it's just an idea. So we've talked about a lot of the what that we're going to be doing. Um, how many of you went on vacation this year? Okay. Some of us. How many of you would love to have gone on vacation this year? Okay. All right. Listen, you can plan vacation. You can get excited about vacation. You can have it all laid out. But what does it take to have a vacation? You got to pay for it, right? Probably that's why a lot of us didn't go on vacation this year. You got to look at everybody else's pictures and go, wow, that must be nice. Awesome. Look how clear that water is. Praise Jesus for you. That's just amazing. I get it. Okay. So, so all of this stuff, it costs money. Okay. And it's not just enough for us to talk about what to do and how to do it and all that stuff. We have to consider the cost too as a family of believers. Now, I just watched some of your eyes glaze over when I just said the word money. Okay. I don't know what it is about money in church that gets people disengaged. Actually, I do know what it is. It's because you've seen it abused so many times. Seen it abused so many times. Um, We don't operate that way here at this church. We're excellent stewards over the money that God has given us. And I know for those of you who were here, when we launched what we're calling this 12-stone vision plan that all of this is a part of, big part of it was that we were going to be 100% transparent with everything. So you would see how much money's coming in, and we would report back to you on what we've done with the money that's come in. And we did that, and we did that. And we'll continue to do that with this. Okay? You're not going to give money to this and say, I wonder where all that money went to. No, we're going to have on a sheet, we'll show you itemized what we purchased with the money that we're going to raise together as a church family. Let me give you um, just, just a list of what this stuff is going to cost because we haven't just said it would be good to do this. 
we've picked the pieces, we've laid out the plan, and we've counted the cost as church leadership. And for the outreaches that we want to do this year leading into the next year, um, it's going to cost $3,400 for us to be able to do that as a church. Now, this is money that we do not actively have in our church budget. Why? Not because we're bad stewards. It's because COVID knocked isn't the income level of this church down by 45 stupid percent over the last 18 months. Okay? I don't know about you, but just imagine you lost 45% of your home budget. Probably wouldn't be going out to eat a whole lot, would you? Yeah. So, so we've done the best we can with what we have to work with. So if we're going to be aggressive and do this, we're going to, as a church family, have to give above and beyond what we currently give to make this happen. And this is where the faith and the stepping out and the sacrifice begins to take place. Um, I've never been the pastor to say, hey, let's go do something and then watch you guys do it and then me bring up the end of the line. I'm always a guy that's going to be out there first. So I'm not going to challenge you to consider giving to this without giving myself. Okay, and I can tell you I'm going to give sacrificially to this. Why? Because leaders lead the way and leaders set the example. And you don't stop doing that just because you're in the church. So, Jesus set a good example. I'm going to set a good example. The last time we did this, Kelly and I decided to lay down one month of income to go towards the stuff. And we're going to sacrifice to something similar this time. Why? Because it's important. Because God is leading us to do it. And I know that you can't outgive God either. You know, so whatever we give, we know it's coming back. Not worried about that at all. That's not just a churchy phrase. It's how it works. So for us to reach those people and do the outreach strategy we talked about, be $3,400. For us to do the next-gen upgrades that we talked about for our student ministry and our kids' ministry, it's going to be $4,600 to purchase the lights, the computer, the stage, to redo the media area so it looks more professional, to give them something that reflects the kind of church that we are and what we want our kids to have. The building upgrades that we talked about with the signage and the, the high-impact areas in the church and all of that, looking at $2,400 to be able to do that, which isn't a ton of... None of these are big, big cost items um, in and of themselves. We need to do some repair in the church, too. We've got a septic system that needs to be repaired. We're having to have it pumped now, our septic tank, like every few months when it fills up because we've got some trouble with the field lines draining as fast as they need to. We've got pricing on having that repaired, and it's about $3,600 to have that repaired, and I think it's smart for us to put that in here, especially when we're talking about larger outreaches like Christmas. Listen, if we do our outreaches right, you realize we're probably, we could be looking at having to do two services for Christmas to reach the people that will be coming in here. Um, we're going to need a good septic system for that. Amen. So, so all of that stuff put together and what we're talking about, doing all the ministries, launching all the stuff, upgrading all the things together, it comes to a huge total of $14,000, which is nothing. But for us, it's a lot right now because we don't have an extra $14,000 sitting in the budget. And I know you're looking at me thinking, Pastor Josh, that sounds awesome. I don't even have an extra $20 in my budget right now. Listen, this is where we're going to stop and we're going to pray. And we're going to listen to God and we're going to do what he says. Okay? 
If it's twenty dollars and God says to give twenty dollars, then give twenty dollars. If it's a hundred dollars, then give a hundred dollars. If it's a thousand dollars, then give it. If if you have the financial wherewithal to be able to say, you know what, I love the outreach stuff. I've got the money. I'm going to go ahead and underwrite the whole thing. I want to give to just cover all the outreaches. Then we'll take that money and we'll put it towards all the outreaches. It won't go to anything else but the outreaches. And you'll see a report of every dime that was spent and what it went to. And I'll bring it up here and share with you. And we'll have a table set up in the back of the sanctuary so you can just get the paperwork and see for yourself. Okay, we're going to report back to you on this stuff. Why? We want to be transparent. When we did this last time, here's what we said. That we were not going to do pledges. And we're not going to do that this time either. Why? Because pledges don't work. You know, a lot of times churches will get together and say, All right, we'll have this big service and I want to pump you up and get you excited. And we're going to talk about faith that can move mountains. And God needs you to step out in faith. And, and you know, maybe some of you, you don't have $10,000 extra dollars, but God wants you to commit to $10,000 today. You know, all that crazy stuff. Y'all have seen it before, right? Which is why some of us are real defensive when it comes to this kind of stuff because you've seen it abused. And we don't want to do that. So we don't do pledges. What we ask to do is this. Just pray. Hear from God. And give what God lays on your heart to give that month or that week. Maybe all you've got is $20 one month. Maybe the next month you'd have $200. So you give 20 this month and 200 the next. Or maybe you have your car break down and you don't have the money the month after that. And so you know what? You don't give anything. You just give your tithe to the Lord and you trust Him to get your car fixed. We want you to be responsible with your finances, okay? We don't want you to overextend yourself. That's irresponsible. And that's not being a good steward over what God's entrusted you with. So we want to make sure that we're doing this biblically, okay? Biblically. But here's what I believe. I believe that God's going to begin to bring in the provision for this. And He's going to begin to bring it in the same way He always has through us. As we step out in faith one more time to see what God can do in and through us. I'm not worried about those numbers on this. $14,000 is nothing. And my mind is already raised. Why? Because I know God's leading us to do it. And He has never come up short. Not once ever. Not once ever. So in my mind, we put priority on certain things. I think priority in this list needs to go to outreaches. And probably needs to go to next generation. Outreaches first because of how close we are to it and next generation because in my mind that's one of the most important ministries in the church um, we need to invest in those things well, pastor i just don't understand why churches right because it takes money to reach people okay, it takes money to reach people is it ridiculous for a church to want to be relevant to its community and reach its community and serve its community is it ridiculous for a church to want to do that? No. Is it ridiculous for a church to want to do what the Bible says and be aggressive in reaching the lost? No. Here's another question for you if you're still kind of standoffish on this. Listen, are you opposed to a church reaching the lost, seeing the hurting healed, seeing families restored, and seeing our next generation snatched from the fire of hell. Are you opposed to that? I wouldn't be either. When you think about it logically like that, it kind of disarms 
all the apprehensions when it comes to this. We are a church that's wanting to make a difference in our community. And we'll be 100% transparent through this process. And this is what I'm going to ask you to do. Everybody, if you would, let's stand this morning. Um, I have thrown a lot of information at you. And praise God, we've got a lot to talk about. Amen? Praise God, we've got a lot to talk about. I'm not asking you to give today. This is what we're going to do. What I'm asking you to do is this, to pray for the next two weeks. For the next two weeks, I want you to pray. This next Sunday coming up is going to be a family Sunday. It's going to be awesome and it's going to be fun. I want you to pray. The Sunday after that, we've got a powerful service plan. Listen, I've got a huge announcement. I know it's going to be Labor Day weekend. Some of you may be at the lake. But you're going to miss out on something huge here that you are going to be the first person to be able to be a part of. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's going to be awesome. That next week, we'll come together and we'll pray, we'll worship, we'll talk about our mission, and we'll start giving to this as a church. Now, if God's already spoken to you, you say, man, I don't even have to wait. I know. Okay, we'll move in obedience to that. You can go to eastgatechurch.cc. If you want to right now and you can hop on the giving link and you'll see a fund set up in our giving stuff that says 12 stones and you can begin to give to that if God's laying on your heart to do it now then don't wait but I think corporately it's better for us and I want you to hear me say this I don't want to hype you out I don't want to feel like you're being pressured or leveraged I want you to hear from God specifically on what he would have you to do whether it's $100, $500, or whatever it is, I think corporately together, hearing from God, we can see this taken care of, and our church can take the next step. And that's what's most important. Amen? So, money is icing on the cake. It's helping us have a better tool to reach people for Jesus. We're doing the ministries to reach people for Jesus. We're doing the outreaches to reach people for Jesus. Everything's to reach people Jesus. Are you, are you picking up on this thing? Okay, that's what it's all about. I want to pray over you this morning. Let, let me ask you this. Is this exciting? This is exciting? If you think it's exciting, let me see a hand. Alright. That's just about all of us in here. It's exciting. I love where God, you guys uh, watching online that couldn't be here today, listen. I want you to be a part of this. this the next step in our church's journey. The next step in reaching people for Jesus. What a ride. What an adventure this is going to be. I'm already beginning to plan out the step after this. God's dropping vision in my heart like nobody's business. we got to take this step first. Then. Okay. Let me pray over you, and then we're going to dismiss. And we need to take a, just a little bit of time and pray for our country, pray for our community, and pray for what's going on in this world today. So if you will, pray with me this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come to you right now. Father, I thank you for what you're speaking to us as a church and Lord for people's hearts to hear the plan not just the idea but the plan behind the vision that you're giving us Father Lord I thank you for showing us with wisdom how to put these pieces together and price these things out Lord to move in step with you Father as a church Lord we just ask that you continue to move powerfully in this place Lord continue to draw us closer to you Lord, we lift our community up to you right now. Lord, we lift our nation up to you right now. Lord, if ever there was a time where people needed Jesus, it is now. Father, I pray, Lord, for wisdom, for our national leaders, 
Lord, I pray that you give them wisdom and what they're doing. Father, I pray that you give your church a voice like it's never had before in our nation. A voice like it's never had before in our community, Father. That the churches, not unlike us, rise up all over this nation to practically serve and engage the community and show your love. And, and, and not just retreat within themselves to become a glorified country club. Father, I pray that your church rises up and sees the need, Lord, and surges forward to reach this country for you. Lord, I pray that you open our eyes and show us the opportunities that are all around us to show your love practically to people, to tell others about what you've done in our lives, Lord, to lead people into a relationship with you. Lord, to be a generation of the church that moves in the miraculous, that sees your power manifested in our lives to impact other people. Lord, be with us. God, I pray that you'd be with us as we leave here today. Lord, let us see those opportunities. God, I pray that you bring us all back next week, ready to continue to grow and learn for Family Sunday. And beyond that, Lord, to move in step with where you're leading us as a church. God, we give you glory and we give you praise because you and you alone are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give God praise in the house today. Buckle up, Eastgate. It's going to be a fun ride. We love you. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, if you've got any questions about any of this stuff, I'm going to hang out here in the front of the, the platform area for a little while. Feel free to come on up and ask me anything you want. I'll explain anything you want. got questions about. Um, help you in the process. We love you. We'll see you next week.